Welcome to All the Balls. If you didn't realize, that's our new guest. No, that's Chris Romero. What's up, Chris? How's it going? That's Chris. That's Jake, of course. Everybody knows Jake. They're getting sick of you. And they this, are sick. And I'm Justin. This is, what is this, week 94? Yeah. Week 94, All the Balls. Jesus Christ. We just planned this show, Chris. If you don't know, we were at the, where were we, the Mansfield Airport. Jake's like, let's do a sports show. What were we, Hangar, whatever it's called? Hangar 12. We are at Hangar 12, and then we were just hanging out, and then all of a sudden, Jake and Connor and me. We planned the show, and then we said week 94, we're going to have our friend Chris on. So here we go. Week 94, welcome to the show, Chris. But we got a lot to talk about tonight. Obviously, if you look at Jake's chair, we got a pretty big game going on. The Bruins are playing. Yeah, the Bruins are on. Game six, winner go home. We'll talk about it a lot towards the end of the show, but we get some baseball, we get some hockey, we get some, a little bit of football to talk about. But Jake, you want to start the show off? Yeah, with what? Whatever you want. Well... I think the easiest thing to talk about is uh, the Stanley Cup. The finals, of course. Yeah, they're talking about the NBA finals. No, but, we're talking about the Stanley Cup finals. Chris, are you a big hockey fan? Not a huge one. None of us are huge hockey fans. So you know what I said? Let's get it out of the way. Let's talk about it a little bit. Did you have any predictions going into the series? Hey. Do you know who's in the series? No, who's, <laughs> uh, I was going to ask. The Avalanche and the Lightning. Okay. This is the Lightning's third consecutive sure the Lightning year. Yeah, this Jake, is the Lightning's third consecutive year. In before the, the series started, I don't remember if we talked about it last week, but. I think you said the Lightning would win or not? I did. What do you have, man? You're in trouble. Seven games. So Jake had the Lightning in seven. I had the Avalanche in seven. I still got them in seven. Chris had the Bruins in six. No. I had the Rangers. Yeah, they oh, were okay, they actually okay. did pretty good. But yeah, right now, I don't know if you watched the game, Jake, last night. I'm guessing you didn't. But no. I watched a little bit of it. It was a good game. Did you see who's uh, the, the uh, favorite for Stanley Cup Finals MVP? Who? UMass. Uh, oh, um, Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr. Max Ahern? Max yeah, Hearn. yeah, Max. Hearn. Hey, welcome to the show, Max. But yeah, um, it was a good game last night. First game, it went to overtime. Avalanche were up three to one. Lightning scored two goals in a matter of forty eight seconds to tie the game, and then I believe it was like a minute and a half into overtime, the Avalanche won. So, yep. Lightning are a good team. I hope they don't win their third straight because I don't know. I think a team's due. Boring. Avalanche haven't won since two thousand one, so I'd like to see them win. But Tampa Bay, you know what? They've lost their. They said they lost their first game the last two years, and. They're not worried they've been here before. Yeah, they've been here before, and I think overall they might have the better talent, but I think they're a little bit older and more experienced. I'm going with the younger team to win this game. Mm-hmm. Jake, you got in seven, so we're going I the do. opposite ways. I do. It was a good game last night if you weren't if you weren't watching it. But speaking about back-to-back-to-back, a lot of teams haven't done it. It's only been done once in hockey. Out of the four major sports, what do you think is the hardest one to go back-to-back-to-back? I think the answer is obvious here, right? Baseball? Chris, you got any thoughts here? I would say baseball, yeah. I'd say baseball, too. No way. Which what? one? How about the sport that it's never been done before? What, the NBA? No, the NFL. No, the NBA happened. Yeah, the, I was going to say the NBA. The Bulls. It doesn't really happen to the NFL, though. That's the point. The most impressive sport for it to happen in would be the NFL. It's never happened in the NFL. It never will. Two teams... Patriots came close. Two teams have won three out of four. Who's commented? Oh, you mean like towards the end of the season type? Like, no, no. The, the question is... Chris Romero is our guest tonight. What is the most impressive <laughs> three-peat? Yo, shout out. Let's know. Who comment? Who... What sport is it most impressive to three-peat championships? Baseball. Oh, I thought you were talking about like if you were down 3-1. No, oh, no, no. Yeah, no. Yeah, all right, all right. I just think baseball, since it's a 162-game season, it's a long season, you get into the playoffs... And Honestly, I, know, I would say football. soccer, if anything. Ooh. One team has got... I, that's, I wasn't thinking soccer. Like, that's the fifth sport. The Revolution losing it like every single year, don't they? I'm saying more like European they, soccer. They are there like every year. But yeah. Pe- yeah, I feel like that's a little more competitive. Yeah, that, I mean, those you those really leagues are... Those leagues are so up and down, too. All the transfers, all the... All the uh, injuries, the flopping. I think hockey might be the easiest, honestly. Just cause, I don't know. Hockey's the easiest? I feel like we've it's seen... It's gotta be the NBA, times. man. Why? Because it's superstar talent? Yeah, and the, the same teams go back every year. I mean, don't get me wrong. Every Any sports, it's tough to go back-to-back. Meanwhile, back-to-back-to-back right, never happens. I mean, if we're just going to break down what we've seen recently, okay? The, not, not, the Warriors didn't win three in a row, but they and the Cavs both made the finals four years yeah, in a row. Yeah, it was four straight times. The Heat made the finals four years in a row. The Lakers made the finals four years in a row. Like... It, it's much more possible to me that the NBA is going to have three-peats. It's happened multiple times. Michael Jordan did it twice in his career. Mm. Um, I, I just think the NFL, it's so hard to, to climb the mountaintop. you got to have the quarterback. you got to have the quarterback. you got to win every game you play. There isn't, there isn't these nights off where you can take an L and you know, get it back the next night. 
Dude, in the NFL, you got to win every game you play if you want to be a champion. And yeah, I wasn't even thinking soccer. 16 games in the, in the, in the season, too? They yeah, had 17, 17 this uh, past season. But yeah, in football, yeah, I mean... Pretty short season, though. Mm-hmm. It's a short season. Yeah. The thing with baseball, I just think it's 162 games, and by the time, sometimes the end, sometimes these teams are just worn out. Dreadful. Yeah. There's definitely the, the hot and cold factor in the MLB. Oh yeah, I wasn't thinking. Smart. I wasn't thinking soccer though. I mean MLS too, probably. But how many Not, teams are in the some MLS? Some champions, man. No, like you, La like Liga. UCL, yeah, Champions League. That's like the most difficult one. Has like, ever recently, happened? Actually, yeah, it did happen with Real, but that was like after like forty years. It didn't happen before. So. That's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it could happen the NHL this year. I don't think it's gonna happen. Jake's Jake's on the back to back to back. I think it's happening. Has happened. The the Yankees did it like two different times. I'm pretty sure. But that's the Yankees. That one, I don't think it's ever going to happen again. Celtics won uh, uh, 10 of 11. Yeah, but how many teams were there? Like 14? I think there were less. I think there was like 12 or 10. Yeah, so even now with, what, at least 30 teams in every league, and mm-hmm. especially with soccer too. So it's a, tough, it's a tough thing to ask, but that's why I asked it. All right, the only other major hockey news that happened, obviously we were talking about Bruce Cassidy last week leaving the Bruins after seven seasons. And then, Jake, I said it last week, I bet you he's not going to be out of a job for a while. Ten days later. You said two months maximum. Two months max. Ten days. Yeah, in ten days, the Golden Knights, probably the the best team with a head coaching vacancy, hired Bruce Cassidy away from the Bruins, and I mean, it got to be a good hire. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a good hire. I don't know if it's like a championship level move. I mean, the you know Cassidy had a fantastic regular season record. I mean, one of the best in in the NHL. Um, couple, one or two fi- finals appearances. Yeah, he made it. He made the finals. But no championships, right? I mean, maybe this was a move the Golden Knights needed to make because they've been close to the top before. Cassidy's been close to the top. Together, maybe they get over the hump. We'll see. I mean, I, th- I think it's a solid move, though. Yeah, when you hire a guy away from the Bruins, they've made the playoffs every season he's been there. Yep. And the Golden Knights, obviously, they're a new hockey, the second newest hockey team in the league. But you hire a guy with Bruce Cassidy's head coaching record, the talent, the teams that he's coached so far with the Bruins, the Providence Bruins, I mean... I think it's going to slam dunk higher, and they probably knew as soon as he was gone from the Bruins that he'd be the guy. I mean, Dave Gosher, you probably don't know. They don't have the, uh, the Rooney rule in the NHL? I don't think they have, but know, everyone does it. That's it. In the NFL, they have to um, interview a person of color. Just mm. to, I don't think they have that rule. but They definitely don't because there's like <laughs> yeah. 10 people of color in the NHL. If that, but and then the play-by-play announcer for the Golden Knights it was the Bruins guy for the last twenty-two years. So he's he was tweeting about it all day. He was like, he was so happy about it. I think he tweeted like seven or eight different times how excited he was to have Bruce Cassidy there. So either way, Golden Knights are a playoff team, but this is going to obviously make them better. And the Bruins, I don't want to spend too much time on them right now because they're kind of in the middle of nowhere. Chris, Chris, you like the Bruins? I'm a big fan, big Boston fan, you know. Yeah, sure. Any Boston team that's on, I'm going to watch. It's always good to have Boston people on the show. That's why we had them. So that's that's mainly the hockey news. We're talking about more hockey in a couple of years. No, in a little a couple of weeks maybe or something like that. But We're talking about hockey. But Chris, you're more of a baseball rocks. fan, right? There's been some I crazy. Did you get a baseball player back in the day? Yeah, I mean, you used to play for Elway. That was fun. Um, yeah, there were some crazy things that happened the last couple of nights. The last two nights, I mean, it's hard to throw a no-hitter in general, Jake. We talked about this on the show in past shows. Yep. But two nights ago, Miles McCullough of the St. Louis Cardinals, one strike away from a no-hitter. Mm-hmm. And then last night, Tyler Anderson of the Dodgers. I, was, I don't know why I was up this late. It was like 1 o'clock in the morning. I turned the TV on, and they're like, oh, it's a no-hitter. You're not supposed to say a no-hitter when it's going on. But oh, I had, they did? Yeah, they said it on the, well, it said it like on the bottom. They're like, he's one. Are they crazy? Did you see the pitcher? I hope no. not. No. I mean, but, that's the biggest thing. You just can't really like, spook him. Yeah, and uh, so he's one inning away, and then he got—he actually got Mike Trout to strike out looking, and then Shohei Otani ripped a triple, his first triple of the year, the next pitch, right down the line. So how's he doing? He's actually—he's having a down year for him. I mean, he—he he was just the MVP. So yeah, I mean, no, I his pitching has been fine. His hitting—I think he's been like two forty-eight, two forty-nine. Right honestly, now. I don't give a shit about his hitting. As yeah, as he yeah right. He can—he'll be an MVP consideration. Average every hitter, year. great pitcher. He'll be a sign. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But either way, I mean, back-to-back nights, the guys take no-hitters in the ninth inning, and Tyler Anderson threw, like, 124 pitches or something last night. He was trying to get it. Jake, you have any feelings on this? I mean, it doesn't have, last year it happened, like, seven or eight times. There's only been last, one no-hitter this season. So last year, it happened, like, seven times halfway through the year. Yeah, it was at the All-Star. And we, right? we were talking about how many there were going to be. I'm pretty sure I got it right. I said there would be nine in the season. Yeah, there was only one. I said going to slow down half. a lot. No-hitters? Um, yeah, nine total. And you guys were up in, like, the, the 12 range, something I think crazy. Connor was at, like, 15. Yeah. What, that's what are we at right now for this one? One. There's oh. one. 
They could have been three if those two just happened. Yeah, I mean, last year was crazy. Um, It's impressive. I I think we've talked about it a few times. Like, the the amount of no-hitters is just going to come down year after year because of this whole, like, you know, bullpen mentality. This, uh, you know, guys are going to pitch six innings and then we're, we're resting the arm type deal. I hate that. And if they're, if they're throwing a no-hitter, maybe they go a little longer, but that, that 120 pitch count thing, that's not going to happen very often at all. Yeah, but you're going to throw someone's, someone's arm out. And nowadays, especially with the bullpen. Is it worth it for an accolade? I, I don't think so. Just win the game, right? Yeah, and especially these guys that throw. Well, you were a pitcher back in the day, right? Nah, I played stuff. Oh, you didn't pitch at all? Yeah, nah. But these guys are throwing like at least 30 starts if they're healthy all season. You don't want to waste one start, 162-game season. It could mess up the rest of their year. I mean, Absolutely. For sure. I mean, I get it if you're like 100, under 100 pitches, something like that. And the guys want to throw the no-hitter, obviously. They get pissed when they get taken out. But these last couple nights, that was pretty impressive. But I feel like that happens all the time. Like, usually you're going to lose the no-hitter in the ninth inning, it seems like, for some reason. And it's probably because the pitch is I'd lose it in the first inning. Yeah, the first yeah. pitch. Unless it's a ball. Even then. It would be a ball. But, I mean, it just happens all the time. The ninth innings, I feel like they always lose them. And it has to be the speed's obviously not as fast as it was at the beginning of the game. Sure. So you've got to go into your bag. What one? Pocketbook? Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm, I think there'll be, about, there'll be a couple more. I'm going with three. Three more on the season? No, three total. Two more. You, Jake, you got to guess. You, you were spot okay, on. Okay, I'll, I'll say, uh, let's go the other way. I say the season ends with Six? Six? Damn, so six. Jake's on the hype train. And then the other crazy thing that Chris? happened. Yeah, Chris, what do you think? I don't know. Six six might be the answer. Maybe Chris could probably throw a no-hitter. Going five. What's Aiden, what's Aiden Golden under. saying? Who's the new kid Aiden said? Chris Romero. Oh, Aiden, he's on the basketball. Team. Yeah, Aiden, he's on the. Were you you weren't there the other night? Nah. Yeah, so sure. Aiden, Aiden, you'll see him if you show up next week. Aiden was pretty good last night, I heard. I wasn't there. How was, was it? We lost, unfortunately. What was but, the score? 70 to 63. Aiden's listening. You better not say anything bad. How did Aiden do? Aiden was pretty good. Aiden, uh, Aiden probably had about 17 points. Did he really? Good yeah, job, Aiden. He was great. Um, first time with the team. Good, good addition. Um, I'm very happy with how the team played. It was our first game of the year. We were, we were shorthanded. We only had six guys. Um, you know, we, we were undersized. Um, the, the other team had more players. What you say? I think when we have our full roster, we're, you did not have 30 points. I, I think when we have our full roster, we're, we're going to be a legit contender. Chris will be back soon. He's fast. He can shoot. Chris will be back. Speed. We'll get our, our main man, John, back in rotation. John Ferrara? Not John Ferrara. Oh. I don't, honestly, I don't know John's last name. We'll find so. out. What else? We'll figure it out. All right, so yeah, we had to we had to mention that real quick because Aiden's he's going crazy in the chat right now. But other thing that happened in baseball, Jake, you know what an immaculate inning is? I'm gonna guess it's a three pitch inning. No, that's what's that called? That's called like a tornado. I forget the name of that. It's when you throw nine nine pitches, all strikes. But oh. it happened two times in the same game. And the crazy thing about same the, pitcher? No, different pitchers. And the crazy thing about it was it was the same three batters that all struck out. <laughs> That's so demoralizing. I mean, it was it was Houston against Texas, but it, they say it's never happened twice in a game before, and I believe it. It barely ever happens once in a year. But yeah, so nine strikes. Those batters suck. All three guys struck out in the same guys. Imagine how they felt after the game. Yeah. What was that called again? Immaculate inning. A what? An immaculate inning. Oh, immaculate. Yeah. Okay, okay. okay. Nine so yeah, pitches. I think they said it's happened like 13 times in the last 10 years or something like that. I mean, oh. but two times, especially the same hitters. And, it, yeah, it was a starter for the Astros and a guy that came out of the bullpen, Phil Matone, I think his name was. But what, what would you rather see, that or a no-hitter? No-hitter. Yeah, I'd rather see a no-hitter. There were guys, you're talking about one inning versus an entire game. There were guys on ESPN saying last night that they'd rather see an immaculate inning because it barely ever happens. I'm like, there's no way. No. Yeah, I'd rather, I'd rather see the, the ball come off the bat and hit a bird. Yeah, because it rarely ever happens. What, like Randy Johnson? He blew up. Yeah, he, he killed yeah, it. I'd rather see Randy Johnson. That's such a stupid thing to compare. Remember? I'd rather see a cycle, honestly. Though. A cycle. Can we talk about that? Yeah. I would, a cycle? I would rather see a cycle. I'd rather see like a three home run game than a, than a no hitter. It's more exciting. It's more exciting to watch offense than Perfect defense. Perfect game. Perfect game is different. That'd be sick. That's cool. Perfect game is special. That's all the pitcher. Yeah. All right, last baseball thing, really. There's not too much going on. I mean, there is, but there's season goes on for so long. Me and Jake went to the Red Sox game. When was that, two nights ago? That was, was that? Tuesday. Yeah, it was, Jesus, sounds like forever ago. But, yeah, we went on Tuesday. So when I was at Fenway, I always, I always think. So I was thinking, I'm like, Jake, you like Fenway Park? 
overall. I do like Fenway Park a lot. Chris, you like it? It could be better. A lot of people are for like knock it down, get rid of it. It's no, been there for too long. Can't take it down. Knock it down. Knock it down. <laughs> Make it into Campanelli Stadium. No, and then some people are like, you got to keep it. I mean, it's probably one. I've been to probably about twelve or thirteen major league ballparks, and I'd say it's my third favorite I've been to. Such an odd take. What's your first? PNC Park in Pittsburgh. If you haven't been there, unbelievable. Yankee Stadium. New Ye- York. Yankee Stadium's all right. I just I don't think I like it because it's New York. But yeah. Pittsburgh's unbelievable. San Francisco, right on the bay, on the that water. That thing's cool with the kayakers awesome. fishing balls. And then you know what else is really good is obviously Wrigley. I was there. I was third. It was my bar mitzvah gift, but you know I don't okay. remember too much. That was a fun place. Over in Idaho? Not Wrigley, Chicago. Chicago. <laughs> nah, <no>. But yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that was pretty sick. But speaking of Fenway, I said, Jake, you know what? Your three least favorite things about going, Fenway in general, and your three favorite things. And you know what? I was doing this on the train today, and it took me a little while to think because the train yeah. was freaking packed. Chris, if you got any to put in there, go right ahead. I have some pretty hot takes on my three favorite and three least favorite. You want to start with the least favorite or the favorite? I'll start for what? The stadium? Favorite things yeah, about no, Fenway. No, about Fenway. Three favorite oh. things and th- three least favorite things about Fenway. Okay. Honestly, so, I think it was easier for me to come up with the least favorites. Yeah, me yeah. too, honestly. But <laughs> mine are pretty hot. They're, these are bad. Okay. Like the hot dogs are too hot out of the oven? No. Um, to a price. Okay. So so simply put, the first thing that I is my least favorite thing about Fenway is I feel like I need to go to three different concession stands just to get the items I want. Um, you know, one of them's got the Fenway Frank, but they don't have the popcorn and they don't have the beer. Another one's got the popcorn, but all they all, all the only other thing they got is fried dough. Yeah, and then that's I gotta go. The and then I gotta go somewhere else and get my drink. Like I, there's too many things I gotta go to before I get to my seat to get the items I want for the game. And you still made it on in, on the seat. In so time, that's I think. that's the the number one least favorite. Should I should I move on to number two? You, you can do your whole shit if you want. Okay, number two <laughs> least favorite is at the end of an inning when the announcer says, "Move on to the next inning." <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's... No, isn't that after a strikeout? Yeah. Yeah, it's after the Red Sox... But it's when they end the inning on a strikeout. Yeah, that's right. My ears actually hurt sometimes. I don't like that. I don't like that. What should they do? You're out. You you (laughs) suck balls! Um, (laughs) No, I just... It's just annoying to me. Um, And then the hottest take of them all here, all right? My third least favorite thing of going to Fenway Park is Sweet Caroline. Mm. My dad used to say You don't play Sweet Caroline When they're losing I completely agree with that Like why are you gonna say Sweet Caroline Like here, good times are so good When they're down 17 to 2 In the 8th Here's inning. my pro- Yeah true But here's my problem With Sweet Caroline Okay Everybody knows the chorus Nobody knows A lick of the verses Alright so, so for For like A good 30 seconds It's like uh, uh, like the whole crowd's just mumbling words, and it's like sweet. Like is that just so Neil freaking fault? annoying? Yeah, it's Neil Diamond's fault for not making the song repeatedly "Sweet Caroline." Um, but it's so annoying to just hear mumbles from the crowd followed by drunken "Sweet Carolines." Um, it's probably a lot of. They Carolines, should just play yeah. "Take Me Out to the Ball Game" twice. No, that that's a horrible take. I think "Take Me Out to the Ball Game" is actually pretty. I'm sick of that. You don't like taking me out to the ball game? I'd rather take you out to the ball game. To be fair, I never go for the peanuts or cracker jacks, but the I, I don't care if I ever come back, so Yeah. No, Jake, I completely agree with you on number one and two because yeah, those concessions the other night, it's like you get a hot dog, you can't find anything else for an hour. That's right. Like, it's ridiculous. That's right. And then what I, I forget your second thing whoop you said whoop. already. Yeah, the whoop whoop, I don't give a shit either way about that. And then number three. Yeah, Sweet Caroline, don't play when you're losing. Like, I've been to games where they're down, like, 14-1, to and people are saying good times are so good. Like, look at the fucking scoreboard. <laughs> they're getting their asses whooped, and you're playing Sweet Caroline. But when they're winning, I mean, I think it's kind of good times, especially when you have a couple of drinks in you. But You got any gripes with Fenway? The thing I hate <laughs> is when uh, I pay $170 for some seats and I yeah. catch a foul ball. Yeah, I want to catch a foul ball. Every tight. Come on, man. Still haven't had one come my way. How about paying for some good seats and then sitting directly <clears throat> behind a pole? Hey, when you get to my list, you'll probably hear one of those. All right. Yeah, number one, obstructed views for fans. Absolutely ridiculous. I mean, the ballpark's been around for 100 years, but still, you could probably, I don't know if you could even do something about it at this point. Yeah, probably not anymore, but. That's like, why people that, say knock it That's out. like. Make a new one, right? Yeah, that's like the innovation of design. Like back then, they needed a pole right in the middle of everyone sitting so that yeah. the top didn't crush them. You don't need that anymore. A pole with no strippers on it. But yeah, either way, like, you can go on the website it. and see, like, obstructed views for fans, but 
some people don't even know when they go to a game they're like oh there's a pole in front of you what do you want to do like you're sitting directly behind a pole I mean there's nothing you can really do about it in a solo game go to standing room or something like that but some of the views are absolutely ridiculous some of them are great Number two for me is the cramped seats. I mean, especially in the grandstand, you could be sitting next to a guy that's 160 pounds and you're basically right on top of him. I went to a game where an overweight woman was sitting next to me eating peanuts and she... She's probably in five seats. She, I mean, I hate to she say She obliviously cracked her peanut shells and they were all over my legs. And I was like, are you kidding me right now? I got this lady's peanuts all over me. Was she stuck in the seat? What if I was allergic to peanuts? It was gross. It was true. It was so nasty. And all I did was I brushed them. I very passive aggressively brushed them directly onto her legs. I would have done the same. Oh, she was sitting next to you? Directly next to me. Mm. Just cracking her nuts right on me. That's disgusting. Don't you think the seats are cramped though? I mean, I think it's horrible. They're not bad for no for well, skinny you just, people. You just don't go to Fenway anymore. That's the thing. Yeah, seriously, I want to go in the mall. I've never actually sat in the Green Mall, so that'd be sick. Those seats are very spread out. But yeah, those are spread, and so are the ones we were at the other night. But the those blues, were nice. the grandstand seats. You can be like closer than we are right now, and so uncomfortable. I mean, elbows. Been in the, the suites. Yeah, those I are nice. Those are you can say inside and outside. Mm-hmm. For real. And then number three for me after the cramped seats, I think the concourse absolutely blows there. I mean, a lot of ballparks you can see the game when you're at the concourse. And I feel like there's no room. You're walking around. You could be in line. The guys are in line for the bathroom at the same time. You don't know what line you're in. That concourse is it so is tight. small. It is really tight. Very tight. And when you're in there, it feels like you're in a dark alley, like trapped, and you're never going to come back. It is a weird, like, everything's wet. Like, I don't Really? Yeah, the floor's wet. Mm. I didn't get that Where? excited. Where is this? Like, walking around the, the stadium. Oh, yeah. it's Like, like the concourse just, when you're waiting for food. Everyone just takes a piss in the corner. <laughs> they really saying. do. Yeah. But, yes. If the line's too long, that's your only option. You're like, I, I want to go catch the game. Those are my le- three least favorite things about it. Um, Chris, you have any other ones? Um, big one, I guess, would be how expensive the hot chocolate would be. Back when it's really Everything, cold. man. Every, yeah. It's like eight bucks and it's still water. It's like, it's literally like seven, what is it, six fifty for water? Every, yeah, everything, crazy. man. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That's just Boston living. But yeah, those are, those are some sad things. And then sad. let's get to the happy things, right? Sure. Sweet. Yes, yes Caroline. <laughs> um, when we're winning, uh, my I, number I one favorite thing. Every time I go, Benway Frank. Every time. Oh I'm, yeah, you gotta get one. Last time I got two. I can't believe I didn't have one. I got two too. Came in I could eat like ten. You know what's so, stupid though? They they didn't have the right. I didn't see the regular ketchup there. It was like friggin' tomato, whatever ketchup. The lady that we were with said it was disgusting. GMO. I don't put ketchup on my hot dogs. Oh come on. What? What Mu- you put? Mustard. All right, I mean, I could do either one. Yeah, I thought you meant just a plain hot dog. No, I put mustard. Uh, yeah, the hot dogs, that's an, I didn't get one because I was full, but you got to get a hot dog. Full of shit. Yeah. Um, how about the classic scorekeeping of the Green Monster? Didn't think about it, but that, yeah, I love it. It's classical. I love that. I mean, and it especially helps later in the yep. year when like, you're actually like half. Yeah, with the standings and the, the other team's scorekeeping. I love it. Yeah, there's nothing else like that. I love that. And when you're, like, betting on games, like, looking... I mean, it's small, but you can still see it. Mm-hmm. You get good oh, I can see it just fine. Unless, yeah. you're, unless you're on the monster. True. You have to look down like that. You have to lean over. <laughs> yeah, you gotta fall over. You have to pull a Ted. Yeah. But, um, so what's that, number two? Jake, you got another one? Yeah. I love the, um, the streets of Fenway. The House of Blues. Yeah. The, um, <laughs> the yard house down the street. Fenway Johnny's. Is I, that, uh, behind Wrightfield? Um, yes. Yeah, it's behind the outfit. Yep. Okay. I love that. I love the the Italian sausage carts on the on the street for fourteen dollars. Yeah, the streets um, of Fenway are actually very nice. They are. I love it. I like. I I'm trying. I mean, like the garden is cool, and like Causeway Street's cool, but like you gotta walk to Faneuil Hall. Like. There's like yeah, you gotta walk to Faneuil Hall, or like there's you know there's not too much one pizza there. shop or the Harp, or like you know they just put in that little thing inside. But the, yeah, that's the cool. Fenway stuff is classic. I love it. Yeah, it's a good walk, too, and it's a nice sunny day outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one for me, it was just the nostalgia. I mean, it's Fenway. People love it. It's been around for 500 years. You walk in, you see the Green Monster. You see people in the crowd that you want to see, people from your hometown. Hey, look at someone from all the range. I've seen many people from my hometown. I've seen so many people that I don't even want to talk to them sometimes. But I wanted to talk to my people. But yeah, so just everything about Fenway in general. Number two for me would be the Green Monster. Like Jake said, the scoreboard there. The monster in general. I mean, you walk in, people are like, what the hell is that? I guarantee there's people that don't even know there's a monster there when they get in because they don't care because it's Fenway Park. Like, what the hell is this big thing? It's like the most well-known thing about Fenway. Besides, I mean, besides the Frank. 
What Franks? I don't. I know what you mean. And then, and then number three. Speaking about the Franks, there's nothing better than a Fenway Frank. I mean, even if you go to Franks in Brooklyn, you can't get a Frank that good. That place is good too. That place is so bad. I think it's gone actually. I think they're open like one day. Will they replace it with the boardroom? No. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but the Fenway Franks in general are awesome. So I could go on forever, but we gotta get like Chris go. What do you like about Fenway? Oh, um, definitely the Fenway Franks. That's number one. I'd say. And then, I don't know. Good views, too. I mean, yeah. not to get personal here, but they got a good good crowds these days. I was waiting yeah. for you to say something. <laughs> I forgot to say the souvenir shop. I was mm. going in there, seeing some crazy... Speaking like, of souvenirs, no. History, uh, just like autograph things, like shit like that. Yeah, the, the souvenir shop is actually... Have you been in that shop? It's freaking Never. huge. It's massive. It he, has a ton of everything, too. Oh, my God. You can get trading cards in there, pants, whatever Base you want. Yeah. I'm about that blue and yellow, too. I like oh, the yellow shirt. The jersey? Yeah. Nah. You don't like it? I like the original like blue and gray. I think they yeah. overdid the yellow thing. Yeah, they, they were wearing too like, much. The Boston Strong. Yeah. I mean, yeah, wear it on marathon day, but... Yeah. And they were winning in the playoffs, so they kept wearing it for like the whole postseason last year. But Yeah, you wear it until you lose. I like the red that they wear on Friday nights or whenever they wear them. Just yeah. the ordinary red. What, the socks? Yeah. Oh, the red-ass jersey? The ones they wore um, that night. They wore red. Yeah. But yeah, so that's Fenway for you. I mean, it's a great park. What can I say? Also has some bad qualities. But yeah, I don't think there's anything else going on in baseball really right now. Is there anything I missed? No. Jake, you playing in a softball league or something? Yes. Watermelon. Yeah. Are you actually? No. Oh. That would have been sick. Did I start this video? Oh, yeah, okay. The watermelon. Watermelon is fun to play, though. The watermelon? Coconut. What do you mean? You never played watermelon? No, I don't think so. I think it's like everybody gets an at-bat per inning. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it goes on. What? It like never ends. Yeah, so it literally annoying. never ends. You could be there for like four hours playing that game. That's why I didn't like it that much. Yeah. Wow. But all right, there's some football things we do every week. Chris, you a big NFL fan? I like to watch the Pats. Big Boston fan. Oh yeah, but um, yeah, we break down two teams every week. Next week we're gonna have to catch up because we're doing our NBA mock draft next week. It's probably gonna take up the whole show. But we, I said to Jake, let's do the New York team. Let's get them over with because if Connor was here, he'd be talking about the Jets for like twenty minutes. So. What's the the prospects for number one? For number, for who? The mock trial, isn't that what you do? Oh, the NBA mock oh, draft. Oh, the mock draft. Um, it's the NBA? Like, they get Shet, Jaden Ivey, Yeah, you watched watch the tournament this year? No. So there's, there's like four top yeah, guys. Yeah, there's like know. four guys. This kid, uh, Paolo Benchero from Duke. He's like uh, Who's your NBA he, comparison? He, who's my, I don't know, like more offensively talented Aaron Gordon. I don't know. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> That's pretty good, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, there's Jaden Ivey. I'd say he's like John Morant. Yeah, Jaden um, Ivey's like actually um, John Morant. Chet Holgren, who I'd say is like Kristaps Bo- Porzingis. Bojan Marjanovic. Like a combination <laughs> of Kristaps Porzingis and Kevin Durant. Um, and then there's Jabari Smith, who is probably also kind of like Kevin Durant. Jabari Smith, he's... He's the most offensively gifted guy coming out right now, I believe. You know, while we're on this, let's get to the NBA stuff, go back to the depth charts and finish with the finals. But yeah, Chris, there's like four guys. Probably going to go top four in that. I don't know what order, but I'll figure it out next week. Depends on who wants what. Yeah, but there was one trade that actually happened. Yeah, it was last night. Do you know about this trade? Yeah. Christian Wood, if you know who Christian Wood is. I Jake, Jake knows who he is. Christian Wood went yeah, from Houston you, yeah, to Dallas. Yeah, obviously I know who Christian Wood is because I n- nail on the head said he would be like the most improved player in the league and he would have won it if it wasn't for... If it wasn't freaking, for, um, what's his name? I don't even know, man. You know what the trade Oh, was? John Morant. Yeah. That, yeah, so that's stupid. John Morant should not have won most improved. Do you know what the trade was? Yeah, I do. You want me to rattle it off? Yeah, go ahead. All right. So in exchange for Christian Wood, the Houston Rockets received Boban Morjanovic, <laughs> Trey Burke, Sterling Brown, and... um. Oh, no. The, well, the 26th pick in the draft. Yeah, that was the main part of it. There was also one other player. Was, um, it, was it Marquise Christ? It was, yeah. Yeah, Chris? Mar- Marquise oh Chris. God. No, it was, um, it was Chris. But. And what a deal. It's Marquise Chris. There was a lot of guys on the move. Um, she just said he's in the room. But to, to break down the trade simply, um, I think it was a good move for both sides. Um, Christian Wood... Easily the best player in the deal, but I think that... It was also about who Houston's going to probably draft, too, yes, by the way. Yes, obviously. Um, and I think the Mavs needed a guy to put with Luka. Um, you know, Christian Wood is a versatile, scoring big man. 
can shoot the ball, solid rebounder, can defend the perimeter. He's pretty fast. I would have loved the Celtics to go and try and get him, but we'll put him over the obviously top, we're not concerned with trades right now. We're trying to win a championship. Um, on the other side, most teams I would call this a bad trade. Like for who, Dallas? No, I mean for, for Houston. For Houston. Um, players for players, picks included. It's not an even trade, personally. I think that well, they get the third pick in the draft first of all. Well, yeah, but they they're acquiring the twenty sixth pick. I don't care what pick they already have. The the Rockets are getting four players that I feel have extremely low ceilings. Yeah, there's, no, they're not that good. Marjanovic is not getting better than he is. Trey Burke is just a... He's washed. What do you, yeah, he's washed. But he's just going to go out and get you eight points off the bench every game. Sterling Brown's not going to play. And what's his name? Um, Marquise Chris was a boss. Mar- yeah, Marquise Chris is probably not going to play either. They did it for the draft pick. And I think more importantly, they did it because... They know they are not ready to give a guy a big contract. And I they're, think they did it because they're, they're either going to get Paolo or they're going to get Jabari Smith. And, and they yeah, they don't want him to interfere. Um, I, think, I just think they didn't want to pay a guy. He's not going to get a max contract, but like near like a $20 million plus deal when they're just trying to lose and get draft picks. They're not there yet. If they were like two years ahead in the process and they had a couple young guys to pair with Christian Wood, I think they would have kept him. But I think they traded out, said, hey, we're going to get a draft pick and a bunch of expiring contracts that we can probably use to bring in another guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and they made the move. But for me with this, it's not like Dallas, like they get better, but I don't think it's going to put them over the top. I mean, they were just in the Western Conference Finals. But to me, Christian Wood's not that guy that, you, oh, you pick Christian Wood with Luke and it's getting him to the finals this season. I mean. No way. Can I counter that? I bet you they take a bet. They're not even going to make the Western Conference Finals next year. Probably not because there's a different team in the Western Conference Finals every year. But if I could counter your argument. Sterling Brown didn't play. Yeah, neither Morianovic, did any of them. Morjanovic didn't play. Trey Burke didn't play. The draft pick did not play. Marquise Chris did not play. So basically you're telling me for four guys that don't see the court for the Mavericks, you acquired a starter. Not just a starter, but like a potential all-star player. It'll make him better. I, I think they could easily get back to the conference finals. It'll make him better, but the thing to me is... I don't think they're going to give Jalen Brunson all the money in the offseason. I think he might be walking. So if you get Christian Wood, you lose Jalen Brunson... I think he could decline. I disagree. Um, Who do you want, Spencer Dinwiddie to be the starting point guard? No, but I don't think the Mavericks are in need of a starting point guard. I think Luka is the starting point guard. Jalen Brunson's an off-ball scorer, and there's a lot of them in the league. Yeah, but you got sur- to surround him with better talent. I mean, you saw you saw Porzingis there in Dallas. Trash. Things didn't work with him. and I mean, Christian Wood's good, but what are you going to call him for, 40 games a season? I mean, the guy's never healthy. What do you think of the Mavs? You like Luka? They could have done better in that... In that uh... Western Conference in the playoffs? Yeah, exactly, in the playoffs. I mean, they, they, surprised. I mean, they, they finally played a good team. They surprised yeah. a lot of people. Yeah, honestly, Sure, they knocked they, off Phoenix. Were they the second seed, though? Yeah, they were the five seed. Oh, they were the fifth seed? I mean, yeah, the fifth seed. Yeah. Oh, right, but from Houston's side there, I mean, the thing is, they get those good guards now with Kevin Porter mm-hmm. and Jalen Green. Now they're going to either get Paolo or Jabari. I mean, I don't think it's that much of a step back for them, honestly, losing Christian Wood. They could get Chet. They're young talent. They're not going to, but I'm not going to spoil it too much. But yeah, they're they're young guards are very good, and they're gonna pair him with a guy like maybe Chet, maybe Paolo, maybe Jabari. I mean, losing Christian Wood's not gonna be that big of a decline for them, in my opinion. Don't forget about Eric Gordon. Yeah, some teams want first round picks for him. Like, yeah, right. That's nuts. Only other NBA news that really happened: the um the first NBA hiring of the offseason, Hornets hired Kenny Atkinson. My thoughts on this: go younger. I mean, I, Kenny Atkinson is a guy that's been experienced. He's been assistants, head coaches on teams. But Kenny Atkins and coach teams haven't made it that far in the playoffs. They're in the finals right now. Yeah, but head coach teams. Okay. I don't think I don't think he's the right guy for the he's job. He's an assistant for the Warriors right mm. now. He's been a head coach previously. Um, I just think Charlotte needs a young mind with a team. He was a head have. coach for the Nets. Brooklyn. Right? Yeah, yeah, Brooklyn. Ooh, um, yeah. Terrible. But I don't know. I mean, they they probably saw they liked what they see in the finals. They're a I mean. team with a lot of talent. The Hornets. I, I think he could make it work. He's he's coached guards before. They're probably hoping that they can rub some of that Curry magic onto Lamelo. Yeah. And don't, I think they're gonna have most of their guys back next year with Bridges, Washington. Terry. I mean, yeah, it's a young team. Gordon Hayward probably won't be there, but who cares? But overall, I don't. Gordon love, Hayward isn't gonna play anywhere. That dude can't stay in the court. I don't love the hiring, but I think they did it more because of they see like he's always on these good teams and he's he's a good coach. He's just what is he fifty five? I don't know. I thought you would know. No, I don't, I, I don't know the age of Kenny No, Atkinson. Kenny Atkinson. Um, no, I don't, I don't know his age. But there is, like, you're saying go younger. I, 
why does the age of a coach matter? It doesn't matter, but for some of these young teams with like young players, Lamella Ball, Bridges, Washington, they're a young team, and sometimes you've seen in the past younger coaches more than likely get the job done. Sometimes just these older coaches, it doesn't work. We've seen in the past with Jason Kidd's first time around. He's like 40. Yeah, I know, but it doesn't work. I want a guy like a Brad Stevens coming out of college. I want one of those guys. Emi Udoka, not coming out of college, but a guy like that. Yeah, he's. I mean, yeah, if you get Spolstra, that's a home run. He's probably the best coach in the league. Yeah, but I mean, if the Hornets picked up Greg Popovich, you wouldn't be saying go younger. I, I wouldn't like it. Bullshit. I think Popovich is out of gas. No. Especially with that team he has. All right, enough of that crap. Um, Chris, you know any players on the Jets? You want to start with the Jets or Giants? Probably the Jets because they stink. I don't know any players, but I know that's terrible. We'll go through the depth chart real fast. I think they're a little better this year. The kicker and the punter. Yeah, show them the, let them see the depth chart. Do they have Braxton Berrios? Yes. So the kicker and the punter, ooh, the kicker I didn't even know is Greg Zerline now. So When the hell did they sign him? Where was he last year? Dallas. It's probably the best part about this whole depth chart. So the kicker's Greg no. Zerline, their punter's Braden Mann, don't really know too much about him, and they got Braxton Berrios from the Patriots. Not a, not a bad punt return, by the way. He's fine. All right, their defense. Jake, you want to start with this? Chris, you all right? <laughs> Do I want to start with this? Their D-line, it's probably a strength. No, their linebacker are strengths. But they have Carl Lawson, Sheldon Rankins, Quentin Williams, and John Franklin Myers. Quentin Williams is the guy with the braces that seems like he's had him on for five he's years. The, Quentin Williams is the one that in the interview sneezed and then blessed himself and then thanked himself. <laughs> yeah, that guy's on crack. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he might have been high as shit. You ever seen that? that? Bless me. And he did it like, oh, I think he did it twice. Bless you. Thank you. But yeah, defensive line with Lawson and Quentin Williams and Rankins. I mean, we'll get to the offense in a second, but... I think it's probably a top 15 defensive line in the league. The problem to me is it seems like every season their defense honestly isn't that bad on paper, and look what happens in the end of the season. I always remember the famous quote from Rex Ryan. What? We don't need Darrell Revis. We don't need Antonio Cromartie. We have Buster Scrine. They don't got Scrine anymore. Do they? No. no. So their defensive line's not bad. I mean, Quentin Williams is the best player you got there, and you got Jermaine Johnson, the kid out of Florida State, that they think's going to be a star defensive end. He's going to be sick. He is good. And they got him pretty They had a great too. draft. Great draft. Great draft. Could have been one of the best drafts in the league. And then you move on to your linebackers. You got CJ Mosey, who might be the best defensive player on that defense. A guy by the name of Hamsai. Can't pronounce your last name. And then Quincy Williams. I mean, your linebackers are not bad. CJ Mosley's dirty. Yeah, CJ Mosley's good. He'd be the best player on a lot of teams right now in, in the NFL. And last year he was good, but I don't think he played the second half of the season. And then what's going on in the secondary? Your cornerbacks are Ahmad Gardner. Probably the best secondary cornerback guy in the whole NFL draft. Too much sauce. He's going to be awesome. DJ Reed, I don't know too much about him on the other side. And then your safeties, LaMarcus Joyner and Jordan Whitehead have both been around for a little while. So there's potential in that defense. I think a lot of it comes down to whether these draft picks pan out. And I'm not concerned whether Ahmad Sauce Gardner pans out. I'm not concerned about him or Johnson. Yeah, those guys are good. They're building blocks. And with Quentin Williams and CJ Mosey there, you probably have four players that are better than anything the Patriots have right now. I mean... Judon's good. I'd take their secondary over ours. Yeah, it's a good secondary. It's a good defense overall. What do you think about the offensive line? I think, think it's it? I think it's solid, honestly. Who do you got? Vera Tucker. Yeah. He, Elijah Vera Tucker, Lakin Tomlinson, George Fant, Connor McGovern, Mackay Becton, the guy they drafted. Yep. I mean, it's a good offensive line. I think it's pretty solid. But let's get to the real. Let's get to where it matters. Chris, you'll probably know these guys. The quarterback is Zach Wilson. You know Zach Wilson? No. You know Joe Flacco? <coughs> nope. You know Flacco? No, I've heard that name before. Flacco was on the Ravens forever. Okay. He's um, the one who lost to us, right? Yeah, he beat us. He lost to us. He, yeah. That was a, that was a good... Uh, That's a good sign to have Joe Flacco as a backup. I, yeah, I mean, he could teach you a lot, I'm sure. Um, at one point, someone tried to call him elite. It wasn't me. Um, <laughs> this is a make-or-break year for Zach Wilson. Yeah, Zach opinion. Wilson's going into the second year. I think he showed flashes in his rookie season. He's got a good arm. He's pretty fast. Um, I think he, you know, got stuck. Third year? No. Hmm. Um, it's not. It was, I think it's third season already. I think it is. Is it? Yeah, it's Zach Wilson's third year. He wasn't drafted last season, was he? He absolutely was. With Lawrence and all them? Who's he playing yeah. for? For the Titans. Jets. I thought he was on the Titans. No, um, Lawrence is on the Jaguars. Um, Why do I feel like this is Zach Wilson's third season? It's not. Here, here's how I can help you, okay? Last year, 
the Jets traded Sam Darnold to the Panthers. Before that, he was the starter in New York. Feels like Zach Wilson's been there forever. So, let me see how many touchdowns he threw last year. So, yeah, what do you think about him, Jake? It's, it's a make-or-break season. I think season. he's a solid player. I think he's probably the best quarterback they've had in about 10 years. Um, and I, I, I like what they've done. I think they have decent receivers. I think they have a decent running game. The offensive line right. is solid. I expect progress. The Jets might not be in last in, in the AFC East. Well, who's the other around him this year compared to last year? The running back is Michael Carter was there last year. He's Te- good. Tevin Coleman was there last year. He's very year. good. But they think the running back one's going to be Brees Hall. Yeah, but they also have Ty Johnson, who's like a good little gadget guy. I don't think the running back situation really matters that much there. I think it's fine. And I like the receivers, by the way. They drafted Garrett Wilson, who's one of the top receivers in the draft. They got Denzel Mims. They got Corey Davis, Elijah Moore. They're fast. They're really fast. They're, they're very fast, and Zach Wilson's fast. It's going to be a fast-paced offense. And they like t- didn't they sign a tight end? Yeah, they got, yeah, they got um, Uzama. From the Bengals, and he was pretty good last year in the playoffs for them. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's no question there's enough talent around him. Probably just as good as the Patriots, if not better, especially speed-wise. But if the Zach- coach, The coaching's the only difference. I, I mean, I don't... They, the I Jets... Think, I think there's a chance they don't finish in last in the division. They're not as bad as you might think. I won't go that far. Where are they going to finish third? They're not going to finish second. Who is this? The Jets. The Jets. Um, the division, no, they definitely go last. Buffalo first. It's going to be tight. It's going to be tight between Buffalo, the Dolphins. maybe, yeah. It's going to be tight between the Dolphins, the Pats, and the Jets. Dolphins are going to be good? I mean, the, they're fine. They traded for Tyreek Hill. We haven't gone over the Dolphins yet, but yeah, I think the Jets' defense could be pretty comparable to Miami, honestly. Sure, Miami's got a solid defense. Let's get to the other New York team. The New York, who's going to be better, the Jets or the Giants? I say the Giants. I, they have more money, right? Let's see. I'm leaning on the Jets hard in that scenario. Well, the Giants have their kickers, Graham Gano. He's they're ki- both he's the great kickers. He's fine. They're, their punters, Jamie Gillen. Is he the guy with like the wicked long hair? I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure from what team. And then uh, let's get to the defense. Defensive line. They got two great, got three really good guys up front with Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, who was a stud draft pick, and Jihad Ward's pretty good. Their defensive line. That no, they just drafted uh... Thibodeau. Yeah, he, he'll play in the line. He's a linebacker and a lineman, but Kayvon Thibodeau, a lot of people think he could be one of the best defensive players from this draft. So yeah. their D-line is going to be fine. No concerns there. Their linebackers, they got Blake Martinez, who's been with Green Bay in the past. He's a little older, but I think he's a fine linebacker to have. He's already questionable. Yeah, so is three guys. Tate Crowder's another good linebacker as well. I think they're front seven. Every, it seems like them and the Jets, every year they have decent front sevens. No. The Giants, the, Giants? the Giants' defense sucks. The past couple of years, they've had Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams. The main thing to me is the Giants' secondary is pretty good. Yeah, it's fine. Your, your safeties, you got Julian Love and Xavier McKinney, two young guys. Cornerback, who the hell is Cordell Flott? I don't know who he is. Adoree Jackson. And Adoree Jackson, when he's healthy, he can be one of the, maybe a top 10, 15 cornerback in the league. Yeah, he's fine. And McKinney's a guy they really like. Julian Love. They're still going to get smoked. Yeah, I mean. I think the Jets have a better defense than the Giants. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I do too. But I also think you got to think about the matchups here. And I just don't know how... It's a better division. Yeah, but it's a, it's a way better division. Like, th- there's no way that this tandem of corners is stopping A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith or Terry McLaurin with... Um, Matt Dorrance headed to the game. Traylon Burks. Go Celtics. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that, those two are going to be trouble. Yeah, and I mean, in these giant safeties and cornerbacks, it's not like they're really veterans besides the Dory Jackson either. They're pretty young, and we've seen in the past Giants cornerbacks getting exposed week after week as well. So, I mean, it's a young, it's a definitely a young defense. Let's talk about the offense. You've got to know some offense for the Giants here. The offensive line, your tackles are very good with Andrew Thomas, who they drafted last year, and Evan Neal, who they drafted this year. Their tackle combination is phenomenal. I mean, last year they went out in the first round and got one. This year they go get the yeah, kid from Alabama. They're... They don't have to I like worry that they're committed guys. to Daniel Jones. They're trying to protect him here. Yeah, and you get two young guys you just drafted. Your interior, I don't know much about it, with John Feliciano, jo- Joshua something, Mark Lewinsky. Your a- go- a Zudu. Yeah, him. I mean, your guards aren't as good as your tackles, but when you got Daniel Jones, they're definitely committed. Like Jake said, their tackles are pretty good. But the thing is, you got Saquon Barkley. Is he healthy at running back? Chris, you know Saquon? No, haven't heard of him. Really? really? Yeah. Oh, shit. So you don't like him. Um, yeah, Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley is like year in and year out, like the most one of the most talked about running backs because he, when he's healthy, he is he's got refrigerators for legs. He's a freak, but he just can't stay on the field. 
And behind him, you got Matt Breed, a guy that seems like he can't stay on the field either, to be honest with no, you. No, he can't. So you got those two guys at running backs. We already talked about Daniel Jones. It's probably it's definitely a make or break year for him. I mean, we said that like three years ago. They're so, so. committed to this guy. They got Tyrod Taylor as the backup, which I actually didn't know about that. No, which, not not too bad of a backup. Finally got someone to train him. And then compared to last year, I feel like it's the same wide receivers. It's exactly the same. You got Kenny Galladay, who wasn't healthy last year. You got Darius Slayton, who had a down year compared to the year before. Yep. Sterling Shepard wasn't healthy last year. Sterling Shepard will never be healthy. He's going to get concussed in week three and be out until week 10. And then you like, get... That's, that's just what he does. You get guys that are injured all over the place. Then you get Kadarius Toney, who, I mean, he was, he was healthy a little bit. And then Evan Ingram's not there anymore. No, now they have Ricky Seals-Jones from uh, the Cardinals. Yeah, so, I mean, I feel like they got someone else, but really from top to bottom, what do they do in the offseason? They drafted some decent guys, but besides from that... I mean, oh, they, they made no moves. They're not really helping Daniel Jones. No, they, unfortunately, the contracts to Galladay and Barkley are kind of prohibiting them from making any other big splashes. Um, so they're they're kind of stuck. I mean, they 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 kind of need to blow it up and just draft another quarter. Well, who's it a bigger year for, Zach Wilson or Daniel Jones? A hundred percent, Daniel Jones. As far as like what it means to their careers. Um, They're gonna have to draft another guy. Zach Jones. Uh, Zach Jones. Zach Wilson could have <laughs> Daniel Wilson. Yeah. Zach Wilson could have the same year he had last year, Daniel and Pinto. the Jets would move forward. I think if Daniel Jones had the same year he had last year, they would they'd move on. Daniel Pinto. No. Um, yeah. Either way, both teams. I don't think it's a great situation. But if you're Zach Wilson, you're in your second year. You have better weapons, in my opinion, than the Giants just because I don't count on their health. And Kenny Galladay, I think he's a little overrated at this point in his career. But either way... He had, like, one good season and really turned him into something, but... Before we did this, I thought you were crazy saying that the Jets might honestly be better than the Giants this year. You you actually think I'm crazy saying that? I, I think there's no doubt in my mind. I didn't realize the Giants didn't do squat in the offseason. The Jets are going to be kind of good. Yeah, it's the Jets. Last, last year, the Jets beat the Titans, and they beat... Um, who they beat? Somebody else really good. Yeah, they, like, the, mean, like the Colts or something. And they didn't get blown out in like every game like they no. usually do either. No, they, they came to play. Who's the right. quarterback this year? Who, Jets? Yeah. Zach Wilson. Oh, he's on that one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Zach Wilson, it's a rookie quarterback. I mean, like he, he had a decent year, and now he's coming back for year two. I think they have good talent. I think the running game is better. He's going to have less pressure. I think the Jets are going to be good. I hope Connor's listening. The Jets are going to be good. Yeah, Connor, are you listening? I don't think so. I had to represent for Connor. All right, the reason why we got Chris, there's a pretty big game in town tonight, if you didn't know. Jake, what shirt is this? Marcus Smart? Mm-hmm. So Jake's wearing his Marcus Smart shirt. Yeah, there's Jake's favorite sound. But it's a big game tonight. Chris, before, before we get into the last couple games, do you have any thoughts before the series on who was going to win? I mean, realistically, I see Golden State winning, but I mean, I want the Celtics to win. What, before the series started, you thought Golden State was going to uh, actually, yeah, even before the series, I, I thought Golden State was going to win, too. So Jake had, I had Boston, I think we both had the Celtics in six. We did, that can no longer happen. I even wrote at the bottom, like, every, I think I've gone in every game right except one. I, wrote, I said Golden State in six. Swear to God. Golden State in six. I did say that. I said Celtics would win the first game, they did, then lose the next one, they did, then win. Which they did. Then win. I, they game four. They didn't do that, but you got that right. Yeah, so game four was the only one I was wrong about so far. I thought it was going to be 3-1, and it easily could have been. But, Chris, yeah. overall, Don't get started, so you said it would be Golden State in six, you said? Yeah, so realistically, I would say Golden State in six, and then I really wanted Celtics in seven. But, uh, so we'll talk about who we think's, what we think is going to happen now. But, Jake, last time we did the show, I was looking back. Celtics were up two games to one. Yep. We were feeling pretty confident. Yep. Going into game four at home. Yep. A chance to take a commanding three-to-one lead. Yep. And then games four and five, unfortunately, had to take place in front of our eyes. Nope. But, but Jake, <laughs> overall, since we talked about the beginning of the series— a lot last show, the first three games. What are your thoughts from games four and five? Allow me to flip, allow me to flip the page. Terrible. Game four. In, in the games one, two, and three, it was the third quarter for the Celtics. The last couple games, it's been the fourth quarter. And if that happens again tonight, we're going to be kissing the season goodbye. I think, I think simply put, all playoffs, the Celtics have been at their most successful when the shooting was hot. And they've been hot. The, sh- the Nets have been on fire for the Celtics. Yeah, except in the first round. Correct. That was when the Nets were not on fire. Um, the last couple games, poor shooting. And 
I'll give credit to the Warriors where it's due. They're they're one of the better defensive teams in the league. They're experienced. They've been here before. We've heard we've heard this repeatedly. But the Celtics just aren't making shots. And I think their their game is right. They just aren't they aren't producing at the level it takes to beat this team. I I truly think that Celtics Warriors is a matchup of the two best teams in the NBA. And when that happens, one team needs to play at its peak. One team to needs defeat. to win. Correct. One team needs to play at its peak to defeat the other. The Celtics, the last couple games, have not been playing at that level, and they need to step it up if they want to win the game. Chris, you got any thoughts on the last couple games? Or the series in general, since you haven't been here? Yeah, I mean, you had it, bro. I mean, most of the time, I think the Celtics played really well in the first half. Then it comes to the second half, it's getting a little bit shaky. We kind of need players to step up a bit, but we're not really seeing that from our top players right now. I don't know though. If they can keep up the pressure, ah, they can keep up the pressure from three to four in the quarters. I, I would just say like, you got to keep it up. Yeah, the thing so, is, to me, I, I don't want to say too much has changed, but you look back at it, and the third quarter has been a problem for us the whole playoffs, even the end of the regular season. Not in game five. Celtics are coming out of the second half pretty bad, but in games four and games five, the fourth quarter killed us both times. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially the last five or six minutes, going to game four real fast. We never really pulled away from going to stage, which was a big thing because Golden State hung around the whole entire game. Yep. Right. And then Marcus Smart made a three, but I believe over the last seven minutes of the game, we only scored six points. Yep. Tatum and Brown went ice cold. It was like a four-minute drought. Um, no points. And to me, when you have your two-star players going that cold in the fourth quarter, I mean, Tatum can't even drive to the paint anymore like he has been in the past. The Warriors' defense, you've got to give them credit for that, but your two best players... Especially the way Steph and Clay have played for the majority of the series, you need Brown and Tatum to be at the top of their game. And games four and five down the stretch, both of them didn't do jack shit. I just find it so confusing because why now, when the primary defenders are torn ACL, Clay Thompson, and Andrew Wiggins, are are Tatum and Brown having a problem when? In, in series past... Miami should have been tougher. Yeah, but it, agreed. Agreed. Jimmy Butler is one of the best defensive players in the league. That should have been the hardest matchup. Victor Oladipo, one, a, a former All-NBA player, a very solid defender. That should have been a problem. Going directly at Giannis should have been a problem. We overcame all of that, but we can't get past Andrew Wiggins. Like, why? And he got Luka well, too. I'm, yeah, I'm just wondering why. I think the players are exhausted, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, All those tough ones you just said right there. I mean, it took a lot of out of them. Yeah, what is this? The twenty fifth. Completely agree. Twenty fifth game. The, of the, Warriors, playoff, the Warriors definitely had an easier path, but right. I won't over break too after their second one. Yeah, I can't. I can't excuse that. And I don't like to say the experience thing a lot, but it's the same reason I won't talk about Tatum's shoulder because if he's playing every single game, then I don't even think he's hurt. To be honest with you, I completely agree. He looks. Fine. I don't think Tatum's hurt. I completely agree with you, and I'm I'm getting pretty sick of his antics on the court the the clapping the hitting the floor and slapping the the yelling at the ref after every single play in last game it's, it's getting old it's getting old in last game i agree with him when draymond green did that shit going over to the bench but either way they gotta stay within within themselves because last game it got a little out of control in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. and going to last game real fast i mean we golden state really played well for the majority of the game we made that run we took the lead that little 10-0 run in the third quarter yep. people were jumping up and down i was getting excited and then all of a sudden the fourth quarter happened. All of a sudden, Jordan Poole hits a... Yeah, Jordan Poole hits that third quarter buzzer beater, and then all of a sudden, the fourth quarter... You saw that one? That was tough. Bro. The Celtics just had no chance in the fourth. Yeah. No, but I, I think I said to you at, during that game, it, you know, I, I was very happy with the third quarter. I was impressed that we came out and, you know, so strong and got the lead, but... 39 points and a half is not going to win you a championship. It's not going to win you Sim- anything. Simple as that. I mean... If you if you really want to think about it, are the Celtics going to score seventy eight points and win the game? No, no. absolutely not. Not even against the worst not. team in the league. No, Go, right, absolutely not. So in the bench, better 30, needs to be a better. Thirty nine and a half is disgusting. The Celtics had forty points in the fourth quarter of Game One. They had thirty nine in the entire first half of Game Five. That is unacceptable. In the bench, last game, Derek White didn't make a field goal. Nope. Grant Williams has completely gone non-existent. Totally fallen off. In these last couple of rounds. I yep. mean, Grant Williams, ever since Game 7, really, against Milwaukee, Grant Williams has been a non-factor against Miami, non-factor in this series. And looking at the Celtics bench, when Grant, when Derek White's not playing well, you need Grant Williams to do something. One of the two. And I know Peyton Pritchard doesn't play a lot, but you got to be making your shots. I mean, the bench needs to be a bigger factor. you got to win two straight games now. It's not going to be easy. 
What do you think's changed for each team? The main thing for Golden State, we'll get to a couple Q and A's. What do I think's changed? Well, for Golden State, I said. I, I mean, for the Celtics, the stop the the shots stopped falling. I said for the Celtics, it's the shots the shots like you said in the fourth quarter struggles have been a major factor. Mm-hmm. And for Golden State, got to give credit to Andrew Wiggins. Going to the series, we knew he was good. But he's been pretty good for the majority. I'd say 95% of the series, he's been awesome. 95% they, of the playoffs. They can't box him out either. The last two games... He, no, he had 16 boards. 16 boards and 13 boards or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they're making life extremely tough for Jason Tatum in the paint. As bad as he's shooting, I believe he's 5 for 21 in the fourth quarter or something like that. But the Golden State Warriors defense, is, they are playing pretty well. I saw an even worse stat about Tatum. Uh, the most turnovers in finals in playoff history. Yep, he's done that. How about um, in... In all of the last five minutes of every game, he has a total of three points. He, tonight uh, has to be yeah. the night. That's crazy, bro. Yeah. Honestly, that's, that's our star player. That's our reason, bro. Like, our star player isn't ready to be the star player yet. A little too young. Well, let's ask, let's ask Chris. If the Celtics are to win tonight mm-hmm. and then win game seven. Oh, you're going for the key? The key? Yeah. Who's the finals MVP? I want to say Jalen Brown. Or like compl- Marcus Smart. Like I completely agree with Jalen Brown. It's Jalen Brown. I think it's got to be Jalen Brown. Only way it's not is if Tatum explodes these next couple yeah, games. Exactly. If he drops like a 40 or a 50. Right. But Which, even, even then, I mean, Brown has, has been the guy. He's been the, the more consistent of the two. Right. And even on the night where like Tatum had 27 in that loss, Brown had like 26. So I think Brown has silently been the, the Celtics' most important player. Hmm. Key, what's the key for the Celtics tonight? Key tonight, I have a few things. Team ball, limit turnovers, get to the rim, get to the line, and make your free throws. Yeah, we didn't talk about that. They're not making their free throws right now. Tatum's Tatum shooting 65% Tatum shooting in the playoffs. 65% from the free throw line in the playoffs. 18 That's turnovers nice. last game, 18, not 18 free throws missed, but I think they went 60, they were 63 or 64% from the line last game or something like that. Horrible. You got to make your free throws. They're getting to the line more than Golden State. They're calling more fouls on Golden State. Mm -hmm. And the Celtics aren't converting their free throws at the the line. And if that doesn't happen, I hate to say it, but you deserve to lose. You can't make a free throw. (laughs) But the key for me for the Celtics tonight is you have to win the fourth quarter. They haven't been winning the fourth quarter a lot in these playoffs. They got to win the fourth quarter tonight because I have a feeling it's going to be a pretty close game entering the fourth quarter. And if they don't win it, they're going home. All right, Chris. And Tatum got to score at least 30. I really do think he has to. Golden State wins the title tonight if? If uh, there's not good defense on the back. Honestly, if we don't stop, if we don't stop that three ball, if we don't stop Curry running around the, the offensive you know, lines, he's just going to come through, shoot every three. He's going to break him too. If you let him get hot, bro, it's, it's game over for the Celtics. Completely agree. I Curry think, has too much power. I think that... that that screen that he likes to run is, mm. is completely deadly. Mm. And we no threes last game. Yeah, I mean, no threes and we couldn't take advantage and win a game. I mean, we're, right. we're lucky that we have such versatile big men that can both close out on that, that off-ball screen for Curry as yeah. well as get back and, and protect the rim on the run. So They're not defending him that bad, honestly. No, they're not. He's, he's, just, he's just an incredible player. Right. Um, I, to me, I think that the Warriors win t- if the War- Go the Warriors season. win the title tonight if they win the rebound battle and win the third quarter. Those are the two things for me. I think that the Celtics coming out and winning the third last game was great, and they need to keep that going into the fourth. But if the Warriors are the team that comes out and dominates the third like they have been all series, they're going to be the winner tonight. And the rebound battle for me is huge because all series I've been saying the Celtics' biggest advantage is their size. From one to five, they are bigger than the Golden State Warriors, yeah. and they need to be dominating. I'm glad they're getting to the line and getting getting hit going up for shots because they're bigger, and that's the only option the Warriors should have. But if we're not getting rebounds, we're in trouble. Yeah, with the more physical team. Every time the Warriors get an offensive rebound, it results in a three-pointer. Every I think Golden time. State wins the title if they win the fourth quarter. I'm expecting, to be, I'm expecting to be close down the stretch. Celtics have to win that fourth quarter. And the th- I don't want to say this, but if Golden State does what they've been doing, doing to Tatum the last couple of games, they're probably going to win the game. Probably. Tatum's your best player. you gotta, you got to perform. But um, I'll drop the stat that uh, I dropped to Justin before uh, the show began. The first being the Celtics are 3-0 and in elimination games this postseason. Every time they've been in trouble, they have won. That's the first thing. The Warriors are 0-3. 
in road closeout games. So, the perfect storm. The Celtics should win this game and force a game seven. Mm. Honestly, that's my prediction. If yeah. I were to put money on this game, I say we're going to game seven. I say it's going to come down to that one game. Honestly. It's what the fans want. It's what everyone wants. Everyone wants a little bit of drama. You know, another game, obviously. Get to drink out with your buddies, but... Yeah, we'll see. Game seven should be fun. Real quickly, from five to one, have you, do you rank who you think the five best players in the series have been? Yeah, I have. I'll say real quick. I think five has been Marcus Smart. Okay. Four has been Clay Thompson. Mm. He started a little slow, but I think he's been he's been tough. Okay. He's making all of his shots. Three has been Jalen Brown. Two Andrew Wiggins and one Steph Curry for me. Very similar to my list. Number one. The same five guys. No, four of the same five. Number one, I have Curry. I think that's obvious. Number two, I move Jalen Brown into number two. I think that he's been – I mean, the Celtics have two wins. You can't, yeah. you can't ignore that. I think Brown's been the best player for the Celtics. Three, I have Wiggins because I think he's been fantastic. Um, I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to, like, get into the story of Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, like, we're like, oh, you know, <coughs> he was a bust. Now he's a must. He's, he's pretty good. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I got Wiggins. Now he looks three. like Jerry Buss. Four, I have Marcus Smart. I think Smart has been everything he needs to be. There was one game. I, I'm going to excuse the one game where he only had like two points because literally everyone on the Celtics was terrible and we lost by like 30 points. Um, and Smart's not the reason that, you know, everyone has a shooting woe. So I think Smart's fourth. Fifth, I went with Tatum. I mean, I think he's been bad, but... Not on the list. I know. But in a in a vacuum, he's still the guy that had... 12 points and 13 assists in a game. He's still the guy that had 27 in a game. I just don't think Klay Thompson has been consistent. I I agree that when when we needed Klay Thompson to be bad, he was good, and it cost us games. But there was still that game where the Warriors just knew they were going to lose. I think it was game three. They knew they were going to lose, and they played Klay Thompson an additional, like, five minutes into garbage time, and that dude still couldn't hit a shot. Yeah. Like, he, he is total bricks. When he is when he is in trouble, yeah, these so, last couple games he's been I just, he's been good. The though. consistency has been bad. I, I just am not about the Clay Thompson life right now. When he shoots these threes, don't tell me your heart's racing a little extra fast. I if, mean, if you want to talk about streakiness, when Clay Thompson is hot, he is the best shooter ever. Like Steph Curry is the best shooter of all time, but hot Clay Thompson is right there in the mix. You don't want like, to see him get hot tonight. No. You do not, because um, he can make him with his eyes closed. Biggest turning point for me in the series so far was the run to start the fourth quarter in game four at the Garden. I mean, the difference between going up 3-1 and 2-2 is just huge. So that was my, that was my biggest turning point. you got to be up 3-1. They had a I, chance to be up 3-1. I think you're right. I'm, I'm at a very similar time frame. Um, they even said, starter game five, the Celtics looked like they were you know hung over. Like they were still dreading that loss. They yeah, it was 23-8 to eight early. Yeah, wasn't it? It's still fun. dreading that loss they took in game four. For me, I don't know if it was... Sorry. I think we were a little past the turning point here, but for me, I think a, a moment that just completely deflated the Celtics and, and cost us a chance at being up in this series right now was that Jordan Poole three-pointer in, in mm. game five. He made two of them off. I know, mm. but that one, that game was already over. Um... The second one, in game five, that buzzer beater three, the Celtics had the lead. I think if they had the lead going into that fourth quarter, things could have been different. But I think Jordan Poole made that shot. It was a very hard shot it's to make. a tough shot. And I think the Celtics were like, there you go. what the fuck? Like, fuck they this. were like, yeah, fuck this. Here it comes. Like, yep. And they were only down one, but I think it was just a moment where they were like, great, here we go again. And they just let it happen. Uh, we got a game to take, Chris. Yeah, what yeah do you honestly, think? I agree with that. That, that three-pointer was like the dagger in the heart. Didn't really want to see it, but I mean, it was cool, obviously, you know, as a basketball fan. At first, I didn't think you got it off. As a Celtics yeah, it was so close. It was so close. Like point one seconds. Great so, show, though. Score prediction tonight. Yeah, before we go, prediction tonight: who's winning the series and who's the MVP? Then we'll get out of here. Um, score prediction is probably going to be under a hundred. I'd say within the nineties, probably like 98, 97. I don't know who's going to win. I want the Celtics to win. So each team's in the nineties. Yeah, pretty close. Uh, overall prediction though. I'm going to go with the Celtics. They're okay. Team. I want them to win. How about in game seven then? Who's going to win that? Yeah. If the Celtics, if your prediction's right, who wins game seven? Celtics. Who's the finals MVP? Oh, finals MVP. Yeah, so that's when I'm going to have to watch these next two games. I would say Jalen Brown at the time, but. I'm going to sleep at 830. Right, yeah, me too. <laughs> um, I'll wake up and see what happens. Um, yeah, right now I think you're right. It's got to be Jalen Brown if we win. Justin? Works hard. Oh, boy. Celtics win tonight, 108-102.
to force a Game 7 on Father's Day. I think you've been looking at the books too much. What books? The over-under is 210. The over-under is 210. Is it really? Yeah. It's going to be on Sunday. Yes. Could be a great Father's Day. Well, let's win tonight. If they win tonight. Tatum is a dad. Could be the most memorable Father's Day of all time or one of the worst Father's Day of all time. But I say Celtics win tonight and lose in seven. MVP Seth, Steph Curry. I met Seth. Mm. You, you, know, you know what I got to do here. The Celtics win tonight. I agree with Chris. It's going to be a low-scoring game. Mm. One team is going to get over 100. The other is not. The Celtics will get over 100. I'm going to say 103-96 Boston Celtics win tonight. And then on the road, the Celtics take Game 7. I got to, I got to pick the Celtics Game 7. The Father's Day miracle? The Father's Day miracle. Maybe maybe Big Daddy Horford hits a, yeah. hits a big shot to win us Yo, the, Horford the NBA Finals. Um I won't give a score prediction for Game 7. I'm just going to say the Celtics take it. And Finals MVP? Got to be JB. Poor Tatum. It's going to be Jalen. Uh, my bold prediction for tonight's game, though, I think Jason Tatum goes for 36 tonight. I, he I wants s- to represent Marcus Smart. I see low scoring. Yeah, okay. Well, I'll give, I'll give a smart prediction, sure. Marcus Smart is going to have a solid game. He's going to have 18. But I think the leading scorer in the game is going to be Jalen Brown. You do? Yeah. Take it. Bet on it. I'll say Curry make it 35. Happen. Curry 35. Tatum 36. Tatum 36. I guess I'll make it interesting. Brown 37. Damn. Tough to do math. <laughs> All right. Chris, it was a pleasure. Thanks for joining us. You did a great job. Pleasure to be here. Jake, you were pretty good, too. That's what I do. Um, we'll be back here next Tuesday. Um, we'll obviously have to break down the finals because we'll be over either way. Yep. So we'll break down the finals, then we'll do our first round NBA mock draft. I can't believe that's next week already, though. I can't believe I know so many players this year. Yeah, Jake might get them all right this year, so we'll see. Yeah, I'm, I need a comeback after losing the NFL mock draft correct pick count. Yeah, so we'll have our we'll have our mock draft next Tuesday night and our breakdown of the NBA Finals. We'll have a champion by next Tuesday. Maybe. Hopefully we'll have one by Sunday. Maybe. All right, thanks, Chris. We'll could, see. Could go eight. Yeah, if you're on drugs. Good all right, night. thanks, guys. Week 94. We'll be back next week for week 95. See you guys later. Peace out.